0: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third of these Lockdown Chats terrible facial hair edition, uh, but 6pm beer edition, so swings and roundabouts. Today we're gonna be looking at René Girard, a thinker I covered on then and now a few months ago, a couple of months ago, maybe not that long ago. Um, So if you haven't seen that video, uh, maybe go and have a look now and come back. But the text we're gonna look at actually serves as quite a good introduction to Girard's thoughts in general. So maybe go and look at the video after uh, as a clarification as to what we're talking about today. The text is The Plague in Literature and Myth, written in 1974. And we're going to see if it can offer any insights into what's going on. So let's get stuck straight in. The argument is that the plague is found everywhere in culture, but the depictions share a similar pattern. And this is important for Girard, that the plague is illustrative of something else that's going on in society often. Um, I'll dive in with a quote near the beginning. The plague is universally presented as a process of undifferentiation. And this is Girard now. A destruction of specificities. This destruction is often preceded by a reversal. The plague will turn the honest man into a thief, the virtuous man into a lecher, the prostitute into a saint. Friends murder, friends murder and enemies embrace. Wealthy men are made poor by the ruin of their business. Riches are showered upon, upon paupers who inherit in a few days the fortunes of many distant relatives. Social hierarchies are first transgressed, then abolished. Political and religious authorities collapse. So... For Girard, differentiation is specificity, place, order, distinctiveness, a person's position in the world, whether that's in the story or in the realities of social life. And the reason these specificities collapse is mimetic desire, a central part, the central parts of Girard's theory. Girard argues that once our basic necessities are met, food, shelter, which are basic desires of human beings, then we copy our fellow man's desire, human's desire. Um, This he calls mimesis. We desire, he says, socially. Um, You know, we copy our neighbour, our friends, our parents. Um, He says this is a central learning tool um, and a way humans progress, but it can also lead to a problem because once two people desire the same thing, it can lead to antagonism. Antagonism um, can quickly snowball into what he calls a mimetic crisis. So, I mean, I talked about toilet paper last time Um, but you can see this in looting often or in how as soon as some people start uh, hoarding toilet paper everyone seems to copy either out of fear or out of simple imitation so he argues that in literature in culture and in films he talks about in this essay Plague is often often a synonym for social disorder. And social disorder is often described metaphorically as a plague. Um, one of the examples he gives is Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. Um, he talks about Raskolnikov's dream uh, near the end of Crime and Punishment. And I don't want to ruin the story, um, even though I couldn't in 30 seconds anyway... Um, but Raskolnikov decides that he has his own individual moral compass Um, and in the dream towards the end um, when he becomes a religious uh, thinker, a believer in religious morality um, he sees that if each man followed his own individual morality crisis would snowball Um, Dostoevsky says, each thought that he alone had the truth and looked with contempt at the others. Um, And Raskolnikov, uh, in his dream, sees this metaphorically as a plague um, that spreads throughout mankind, threatening mankind. Um, So this is one example uh, Girard points to. Another, which I talk about in the video, a central example of Girard's, is uh, the Oedipus myth. Um, At the beginning, a plague besets Thebes, uh, the ancient Greek city, and each person blames the other's sins. The other's sin is a Christian word, I think, specifically, but each other um, and their wrongdoings for uh, the plague. And the the oracle in Oedipus says that a murderer is in your midst, midst. Get rid of him and you will get rid of the plague. Um and so each blame the other, each uh, uh, speculates as to who the murder uh, the murderer is, um, and the story unfolds from there. This leads, Gerard argues, to scapegoating. And this is the third step really in his theory. He argues that the only way a mimetic crisis, a social crisis, disorder, is resolved is for everyone to orientate blame around a single person or a single group, often. Um, So we can see this happening metaphorically in Shakespeare, in Romeo and Juliet. Um, he says Romeo and Juliet is full of references uh, to plague. Uh, Mercutio, Mercutio famously says, "A plague on both your houses." Um, describes Romeo and Juliet's uh, deaths as poor sacrifices of our enmity. Uh, enmity, and towards the end, this might even be the, the final lines. I cannot remember. Shakespeare says that Romeo and Juliet do with their death bury their parents strife the fearful passage of their death-marked love and the continuance of their parents rage which but their children's end naught could remove is now the two hours traffic of our stage so people a person a group often have to be scapegoated and blamed for the crisis um And I go into this more in the video, so maybe go and take a look, if you'd like. So, how can this help us? Who will be scapegoated for the current pandemic? Girard argues that stories, new cultural beliefs, appear when we need to understand something as a community that's been unprecedented. You know, they're not going to emerge all the time, but when a terrible, um, um, you know, crisis has taken place, culture appears as a way of understanding it, of a way of conceptualise it, as a sort of easy tale we can tell, a morality tale. Um, and so, for example, the Spanish flu, this is baked right into the title. Um, Spain became a scapegoat for the flu. And this is an interesting part of his theory too. He often argues that the person who will take up the position of the scapegoat is someone on the edge of society, or someone who is not needed, um, someone who doesn't hold, excuse me, an important place in what's going on. And of course, Spain was neutral during World War One. Um, they were more transparent when the, uh, uh, when the flu arose. Um, um, you know, their newspapers uh, were more open to describing what was going on, and so the name Spanish flu took. Um, but it took as well because, you know, each side in the war could blame Spain for this without risking breaking up alliances or offending allies. Um, so it's interesting that Girard's theory is really a part of the title of Spanish flu. It's really in there very obviously. So we can see here, people are often uh, frequently saying that China um, you know, might dangerously become a scapegoat, that racism uh, towards Chinese uh, has arisen. I think that, of course, is a worry, but China holds such an important place uh, in the social order that it's unlikely to stick. These things stick when the people, the group, uh, the person uh, is expendable, and can be booted out, scapegoated. Um, so, there's an interesting article, a uh, foreign policy article, excuse me, a Salon article. I'll leave a link uh, below, um, talking about how Trump and his allies are setting up uh, Dr. Fauci as a scapegoat, um, who, is, who heads up the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. And Trump, I haven't been following this story particularly, um, but Trump is touting the use of uh, hydroxychloroquine Chloroquine um, as a treatment for COVID-19, which Fauci says, you know, is almost certainly not going to work. And there's no evidence that that works. Um, but Tucker Carlson on Fox News has been um, almost scapegoating Fauci already. Um and blaming them for um, being advocates for the shutdown which is having an effect on uh, our economies so the salon piece is interesting it talks about how it will set him up perfectly uh, as this scapegoat so that afterwards trump will be able to say well we didn't try this drug um, this uh, hydroxychloroquine um, and they shut down the economy That's why the economy is failing at the moment. Uh, It's not my fault, it's his fault. Um, So you can see a mimetic scapegoating appearing there. Um, Wayne Rooney, uh, a footballer, uh, called out the British government for scapegoating footballers uh, 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 for uh, not taking a pay cut or something. Um, That was relatively interesting. Um, So, let me know what you think. I mean, the obvious answer is always that an ethnic group will be blamed in some way, with the Spanish flu, the usual candidates were uh, uh, put in the stocks, uh, you know, uh, uh, foreigners, Jews, the other, Um, which is, of course, uh, a huge and depressing likelihood with this, but it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Girard had a lot to say about Christianity, though. He was a Christian, he was a Christian thinker. And he argued that the Christian story had all these elements baked in, but importantly, the writers of the story wrote the innocence of Jesus into the story. So the scapegoat, Um, it was reversed back onto us, uh, that it was everyone's fault um, and that we scapegoat someone to excuse our own sins in this case. Um, And he says that that has a very powerful effect on keeping violence at bay and reminding us of the fragility uh, of human nature. So I think, you know, any story that emphasizes how we are all at the mercy of nature um, and we should all live uh, much more humbly um, and expect these things collectively, um, I think would be an important uh, and effective cultural myth to arise out of this. But let me know what you think. Have you seen any scapegoats uh, appearing in the media already? Um, If you enjoyed this video, please hit that bell um, and subscribe beforehand if you haven't. Uh, Only about 5-6% hit that bell um, and it's the the best way to get alerted to new videos and it really helps the algorithm. uh, Like, share, all the rest of it. And as usual, a massive shout out to all my Patreons that make this possible. The next video, kind of relevant actually, talks about trust. Um, And it's coming out. It's the Politics and Philosophy of Trust. Um, I'm finishing it at the moment. I should uh, publish it either tomorrow or Thursday. So look out for that. Thank you. Take care of yourselves and cheers.